you're very welcome along to the gardening program. Porik, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. You're Another very, lovely morning out there. Well, it's not bad, not quite as sunny, maybe, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. We'll, we will take, take it. it definitely. Yeah. So, uh, looking like doors are opening for you on Monday. Yeah, phase one garden centres are going to reopen, and, and talking to my colleagues right around the country, uh, we're really looking forward to it. And this huge pent up demand, I mean, people are ringing all week. I'd say when the, the opening, yeah. when the opening, opening. And uh, do remember, like, it's still only uh, mid May and there's plenty of gardening to be done yet and, and I think people are fearful that there's going to be a lack of plants or there's going to be a shortage of supply and, and there won't be. I've, I've reached out to all our growers and suppliers and there's, there's plenty of everything still available and plenty of time yet still to plant up your hanging basket, your window box, your containers, all your veg plants of course, they all, there's plenty of them, even the sowing of seeds. I don't know, did you tune into Monty Don last night on The Gardener's World? Well I did actually as yeah. it happens, there yeah. yeah. And he was taking cuttings and he was sowing seeds and they were dividing uh, agapanthus and very much kind of the spring, early summer sort of gardening. So that's the type of thing that people can continue to do now for the next couple of weeks. So it's there's very much the sense that we're actually going to do the jobs that, that we would normally do in April now in May and in June. So the planting out of vegetables, there's loads of vegetables available, lettuce and cabbages and peas and beans and so on uh, in plants, but also in seed. And there's plenty of time yet. So don't be in that panic mode. And it's one of our concerns within the industry that we're going to have a tsunami on Monday morning with people with pent up well, demands. I, so I, think, I think there'll be well-founded well, concerns. My, my advice is, 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 you know, don't be in a panic. There's plenty of stock. There's, there's plenty of places that will be open all garden centres will, will open Monday morning. Um, in Horkins, what we're actually going to do is open today and tomorrow with a soft launch um, because we want to test the system. We want to make sure that the queue system is going to work properly. Okay. So we're going to soft launch um, in our stores in Castlebar, Galway and uh, Sligo today and tomorrow just to see how make sure the systems work. So what uh, kind of systems are you putting in place then? Well the, the sort of protocols that and again this is kind of <clears throat> going across all garden centres but it's going back to obviously the queuing outside in the car park so the queuings will start there and um, social distancing from the car park area all that the entrances will be manned so we'll have a, a staff member on the entrance and, and we'll be controlling the numbers of people going into the garden centre so no more, no more than 50 will, will enter the, the Turlock centre and small numbers in the in the other centres. All our staff will be, I have to learn this word, uh, thermally uh, temperature checked. So from a distance, each of the staff members when they report for work, will actually their temperature will be taken okay. and that'll be re recorded again during the day. So, you know, we're checking to make sure our staff are healthy and well before, before they come into work. Um, but all the, the, the typical protocols that people have become used to in terms of hand sanitization units, proper social distancing both at the car parks and at the till areas. And we, we will ask people to be patient, yeah. you know, take a deep breath, don't panic. Yeah. Um, try to come. Obviously, the Bayleaf restaurant will not be open, so the dwell time will be reduced. So I think people, and what we found before we closed, that people were very functional. They had their lists ready. Mm. They came into the garden centre. Mm. All the trolleys are fully sanitised. So when you pick up your trolley, you pick your stuff and you get through the centre as quickly as possible. possible. It's a one-way system. So we have a one-way system running through the stores as well. And and we want to try those out. I suppose today and tomorrow we're going to have that soft launch where we, we're going 
going to try these protocols Great. and just make sure that they work so that on Monday when that pent up demand uh, happens uh, we're ready to go okay. and, and everything is, is uh, so we would ask people just to be mindful of that um, and, and maybe shop early in the morning you know the stores are open from 9.30 right through to 6 so don't all come at lunchtime type of thing try to spread it yeah. out as much as yeah. possible traditionally garden centres tend to be busy from kind of 12 o'clock through to about 4 o'clock so either side of that is a good time to come and, and, and visit the stores and be patient but also do remember that there's loads and loads I walked the garden centre this morning I brought some plants you brought some, some, yeah. some, and we'll talk about them in just a moment tons of stuff available so there's no shortage of anything um, you know it's the early stuff like the sea potatoes there's, there's, a, there's some left but there's, there's quite a small amount but apart from that veg seed and herb seed and flower and seed and plants and basket plants and vegetable plants and fruit trees it's a wash okay. of, of stuff so there's no don't be panicked and that, so, that's really my advice okay so lots of stock lots to look forward to uh, we've all I suppose had to practice patience over the last number of weeks yeah. so just put that into action and a bit of respect for each other and we'll all get there mind one another yeah. exactly and there's plenty of time and there's no rush into you know if you don't garden until June you've still got plenty of gardening to do right through to September so don't be in a mad rush um, so, so they're the type of things um, just to mention that I was on with Paul and Jerry during the yes. weekend and huge amount of calls in about the frost that Okay, we got. and again I, and I, I have mentioned this a little bit before now and I can see the texts coming in as well this morning uh, that has continued uh, people have uh, a lot of plants uh, that have been put in have received a little bit of damage so and where are we at with all so, of that so what potatoes happened, particularly I think yeah and so what happened on, on Tuesday night in particular and Wednesday night um, when you get high pressure and we've mentioned this on the programme for the last uh, three weeks there have been warnings been sick, sick telling people that to be careful about tender plants um, so what, what has happened effectively when you get high pressure you get clear skies at night the frost descends and it and it has not just damaged potatoes it has set back things like laurel hedging beech hedging I went for a walk the last night and the ash trees are all mm. burnt so the little young growth and ash trees um, so anything that has produced young growth Pierus forest flame you know the lovely Pierus with the lovely orange coloration that has been burnt as well so any plants that have produced young soft growth that has been damaged by the frost. So the frost has literally sat on it, burnt it, scorched it. Now, that's only a temporary setback, particularly for any trees and shrubs and hedging plants. All you do is get out your trimmers, give them a light trim back. What the frost has actually done, it's done, it's done you a favour, it's actually trimmed back some of your plants. It's given them that early trim back. So tidy them up, particularly laurel hedging, beech hedging, Pierce Forest Flame, uh, hydrangeas, some hydrangeas have been tipped back as well. So give them a light trim back, give them a feed, and within two weeks they'll be back as good as ever again. If anything, your plants will be bushier and healthier. When it comes to potatoes, what you need to do is cut the damaged stems down to soil level. So any of the, the hollums or the stems that have been damaged, mm. just cut them back with a head shears back to, to ground level. Ideally, if you can cover them with a little bit of hay or straw, or garden fleece at night time because the temperatures are still quite cold. Now I know there's no frost promised but we can get frost up until early June. So if the potatoes come back into growth again they are susceptible to frost damage. The other thing you can do is mould them up or mould them up. Uh, so it's a great Irish terminology for basically bringing the soil. So once you've them trimmed back to, to, to ground level, bring up the soil 
So take some soil from the sides of the drills and put that up around the top of the the, the drill Mm -hmm. to cover the stalk. So as the stalks start to emerge, they're protected by the soil. And it's amazing how a small bit of protection will actually protect the developing tuber or the developing shoots. So it's only the shoots that have been damaged. The potatoes will reshoot again beneath the soil. If you've got potatoes in raised pots or containers, the same thing applies. Um, Trim them back if they have been damaged. Put some extra compost around the developing tubers and stems and that will help to protect them. And look, we've probably another two weeks to go with the frost and after that, once we hit June, it's it's very, very rare that you get frost after that. So we've just been caught. You know, most Mays, you don't, it's not a... when did, when did you see weather like we've had for the last six weeks? So yeah. it's just been, it's part of high pressure. So tomato plants should be kept inside. Dahlia plants should be kept inside. Any tender plants like marigolds, all those softer plants, keep them inside until yeah. for another week or two. Even if you have to just pinch them back to stop them from getting tall and mm. bushy. Mm. And that's effectively what the frost has done. It's pinch back lots of hedging plants. Pinch back your dahlia plants or your geraniums, but keep them inside in a greenhouse tunnel cover them at night time with the, with the garden fleece or keep them in your home and then put them out later. Okay, great. I've, I saw a few jumpers being put All right. to, to that <laughs> use uh, during the course of the week. I'll well, say no more. Yeah. I'll say no more. A um, well, newspaper or anything like that that creates a barrier that holds in the heat for the plants, it's amazing how the smallest thing will help to keep the frost off them. Now, just when you were on with uh, Jerry during the week yeah. in, in relation to the potatoes, is there a, I just see kind of follow on questions from that. Is there a feed uh, that you're recommending? Yeah, then? So, so what I would recommend, naturally the plants have been set back. So for all garden plants including potatoes and anything that's been scored give them a feed uh, a potato feed or something like the Osmo Pro 6 would be a good fertiliser to put around the base of them now with the rain with the showers that you mentioned in the weather forecast coming it's going to be perfect timing now for feeding plants so get on some Osmo Pro, uh, Pro 6 around the base of the plants, tomatoes or the uh, t- potatoes now along the drills, particularly when you're moulding them up and that ener- that fertiliser will be there then as they start to emerge. So it's going to be just a two week setback really okay. for the plants. That's perfect. They will come again. Okay. That is frost covered and I know there's lots hope, of questions. Hope so covered, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Extensively. And look, just ebb on the side, we, it, it, not just the frost, but it has been quite chilly at night time. So that's my advice for the last few weeks is to keep your tender plants in just yet. Now, Porg, let's talk about the beautiful colour the beautiful scent that's in the isn't studios. it fantastic yeah this morning I walked out for a minute uh, about 20 minutes ago and I came back in and it just hit me it's stunning it's a, a lovely plant it's a plant called Nemesia vanilla and, and here's a plant if you want something scented something really to kind of uh, add a bit of, of colour and scent into your life at the moment then it's a really fabulous plant so it's a plant called Nemesia vanilla it is actually a fine to plant out now it's frost hardy I have a lovely purple variety of it as well in the garden that's been there since last year in a pot and it's in flower at the moment as well but vanilla for me is is the one for the scent it's got that beautiful vanilla essence scent and it will flower from now in May right through to September it's one of those plants that just keeps on giving and it grows in height roughly about a foot and will beautiful in a pot or container um, so and as the name suggests it's a lovely white flowering mm. plant but fabulous scent off it I also brought you in the lemon scented geranium because that's the our old traditional yeah, favourite I love it I, ha- I have one on my windowsill in the kitchen yeah. and I actually uh, I did cut a back recently because it does no. get quite you know, oh, yeah, no harm. Uh, quite vigorous and yeah. oh it's all sprouting again it's doing going great guns. And, and a great time of year for propagating it from cuttings as well so if you've got geraniums in your home um, now is an excellent time just to take a couple of stem cuttings to the root in two or three weeks time but the lemon scented geranium particular has got that vivid 
very vibrant uh, lemon scent from the foliage, brilliant for keeping flies away from your windowsill, which I know mm. is, a, is a pain for some people. Um, and they're available at the moment. I've also brought you in, remember we were talking about the Campanula Porto, the a customer or a listener was asking about a plant that would trail down a wall mm. or a rockery. So this is it. This is Campanula Porto. It's in full flower at the moment. It's a fantastic cascading perennial plant. So it flowers every year at this time of year. It covers the ground. It grows no higher than about six inches, but will spread out up to two feet in diameter or it'll trail down a rockery or a wall as well. Lovely little plant. Beautiful. And comes back year after years. I also brought you in a couple of basket plants for adding a bit of colour to patio containers and window boxes. These are the, are the little million bells, which are lovely at the moment. It's one called Confetti. So it's a it's a mixture of three different colours um, and beautiful again. Yeah, really and a great rich plant colours. to cascade as well. And the basket plants, of course, are, are ready as well. So there's loads of colour that really when I was walking around, I was, I was spoiled Spoil for, for choice, choice with the amount of <laughs> colour that's there at the moment. So Fantastic. Uh, so our message really is, look, if you want to add a bit of colour, this is the time of year, but there's absolutely no panic. You have plenty of time to plant up your containers. And loads of options. Loads of options, absolutely. Brilliant. Right, let's get to questions yeah. of which there are many Shoot. and they're flowing in all week. Um, we're going to, I know we have touched on frost and we're just going to address this on the frost front and then that's frost done. Um, but somebody planted a new laurel hedge on Monday and uh, the frost got at the new plants, of course. Uh, wilted and brown now, and they're concerned that they're gone. Will, well, can the, they be the young shoots will be damaged. The older growth will be fine. The, the growth that has come through from last year, that mature, the larger leaves should be perfectly healthy. So it's the young tips that are, are scorched. Again, as I mentioned, just trim those off. Give your lawn a feed, and it'll be perfectly fine. Now, if the weather stays dry, you know, it is quite dry at the moment, and if we don't get a good sprinkling of rain within kind of the next two or three days, Days, those laurel plants will need watering. So make sure that if you are putting in newly planted plants, give them a good drink of water. And my advice is always to water the soil, not the plants. So really wet the soil and then leave them for at least 10 days to two weeks before you rewater again. Okay, great. Uh, now, uh, just scrolling here I think we've addressed all those potato ones right we have daffodils and bluebells they're all tidied up my soil uh, but my soil and dry stone wall is covered in moss I've got lots of shrubs um, and my garden is 26 foot on both sides it's big it's fantastic and I think I think moss and a stone wall you couldn't get anything anything nicer I would leave it there if, if at all possible if it's a dry stone wall with moss and, and um, cascading plants like the campanulas and alpine plants I think it looks really well where you've got moss on the soil get out your garden hoe, give it a hoe and within a day or two that moss will be totally dry and, and, and shriveled up. Moss is very easy to get rid of on bare soil at the moment or lichen as well. If you just get out your garden hoe and give it a, give it a, a, a good raking. Okay. You can um, get in your 10,000 steps as well. As well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great time of year. I mean, the, the, my most prized garden implement in, in the shed is my garden hoe. I have it for 12 or 15 years. I think I've talked about it a couple of times, but it is just fantastic. And particularly at this time of year, you, if you scuffle the weeds, within an hour, they're totally dead. Yeah. You don't need to be using sprays. So get out for half an hour, an hour, and you'd be amazed what you'll scoot through the, the shrubs and so on, and bits of lichen and mosses. Give them a scuffle, and the dry weather will have them dried up in no time. Okay, so you don't necessarily have to be digging them out, is that Not what you're saying? Not at all. No, no. Right. The, the particular one that I recommend is called the wolf tool. It's, it's a, of course, 
course it's German made um, and, and yeah a little bit more expensive than most That's garden okay. hose but my yeah. one is 15 years <laughs> old and I'll have it for, for another 15 years but it's got a blade on both sides so when you push it it cuts and when you pull it it cuts and so you glide it over the, the surface of the soil so very very light it's not a phys- it's not a physical demanding mm. job it's a very very light scuffling of the soil so really all your 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 you're impacting the weed just where it hits the soil so you're not digging up the roots you're just gliding it over leaving the root behind you and just scuffling the soil and and this sort of dry weather is perfect for hoeing, hoeing. And, and the wolf too look for that it's a, it's a fab- fabulous um garden hoe <coughs> brilliant now we have uh, somebody wondering Ava or Alva rather is wondering um, winter heather is how much to cut them back they've just finished flowering yeah. and they were planted this year alright ok so and they've been fabulous all winter so now is the time to trim them back so basically the rule of thumb is to prune back the new the growth wherever the flower finishes so you're looking at probably 5 to 6 inches um, so don't go into kind of the old wood you're just removing literally move, remove all the old withered flowers get yourself of shears and that's the easiest way to do it and you can gather the heather up just lift it up give it a trim give it a feed and within two or three weeks you'll have lots of young growth on the heather again it'll flower brilliantly next year and it also helps to keep the height of the heather lower and you get a better spread and more flowers next winter so that's a brilliant job to do this weekend now a couple of questions coming in on hostas pork um mm. something eating the leaves of hostas holes coming on them what yeah, might well, that be slugs and snails always <laughs> relish the the hostas and hostas are often attacked even beneath the soil back in late february and march so as the leaf emerges you often see the damage done um so look you know for the, the there are plenty of organic treatments now for slugs and snails um, uh, liquid garlic is brilliant as well and, and many of the hostel growers actually use liquid garlic. You can make it from cloves yourself or you can buy it as a concentrate and mix water on it. And slugs and snails dislike the taste of garlic. It's probably one of the most effective ways of keeping them at bay. Some hostas have been burnt with the frosts as well. Just I've, I've seen a couple that have been damaged. My mine seem to be fine, but in other gardens they've been just licked lightly with the frost, but they'll come again, so don't right. worry about them. Give them a feed, they'll be perfectly right fine. Down. Now, I'm a sixth class pupil from Barnacarroll National School called Rebecca. Before lockdown in school, we planned peas and carrots and we were allowed to take them home. I was growing peas but by accident I must have put a carrot seed yeah, in I too. Yeah, picture. Okay, great. As you can see from the picture, my carrot and one of the peas are fine but two are dying. I'm watering them regularly. What should I do? You're just over-watering them. Uh, what, what's the... What's Rebecca. The Rebecca. Rebecca, you're just watering them a little bit too much. Um, so, when peas are in pots, now you can actually put them outside at this time of year. Peas are, are frost hardy. They're perfectly fine to go out and what I would recommend, Rebecca, is to get yourself some seed, some pea seed or some carrot seed and re-sow some fresh directly out into the garden soil. It was good enough for Monty Don last night. He was sowing his carrot seeds on Gardener's World. So there's still plenty of time to sow carrots directly out into the garden soil and soil temperatures are perfect at the moment for sowing them. So my advice really is you're just giving those a little bit too much water. I would transplant them now out of doors, out into a bigger pot outside or into the garden soil and also sow some fresh seeds of garden peas. Pick some like the sugar snaps. They're great for children because they're f- they're full of natural sugars. They're really sweet to eat. And them. you eat the pod and all. Mm. And they're so simple to grow. And peas are absolutely fantastic for bees. Bees absolutely love 
a pea, if you know, grew peas for nothing else but just for the bees, they're well worth growing. Okay. But plenty of time to sow them still. Fantastic. Now, is it too late to sow turnips? No, no. It's And, and so for there is there is nothing that it's too late to sow for, let's put it that way. <laughs> so so you can sow the seeds of turnips directly out of doors and most of the root crops are better uh, sown directly into the garden soil. Sowing them in trays, they often uh, kind of stunts the, the development of the, of the turnips and carrots in particular. So my advice is always to direct sow into the garden soil. So snowball is a lovely variety, a white variety of turnip or purple Milan is, is like the suede, it's that purple that we're more used to that kind of orangey uh, purple topped um, um, turnip but sow the seeds directly sow them now sow them again in about a month's time and because turnips can develop right through autumn and into winter they're actually sweeter in the winter if anything Okay, a couple of people sending in photographs with no questions with the photographs. You might just look back on your messages there uh, to see if that might be yourselves. Uh, now, what can I do with hydrangeas? I did cut back old heads, but it's very woody. Again, we have a photograph here and it is quite woody. Help, please. Yeah, and they're slow They're slow to come into growth at the moment. Hydrangeas need a bit of heat to actually bring on the leaves properly. And if anything, the, the frost has probably given them a, a small bit of a setback as well. The only thing you need to do is give them a good feed. So again, a tree and shrub fertiliser. Put on that osmol process six, a handful of that around the base of them and they'll be perfectly fine. There's plenty of time yet for hydrangeas to flower. Now, I bought some begonias last week and planted them in pots, but they seem to be dying. The leaves are gone soft and I falling off. Sounds like Too a early, of, is it? Oh, yeah, it sounds about a little bit of frost damage. Okay. Uh, so begonias will be susceptible to frost and busy lizzies. Um, so they're a plant you need to keep inside. So I'd say the frost has actually got them. And, and the chance of them probably coming back are, are slim. Maybe send us a photograph in on, on the WhatsApp number. But um, yeah, That's begonias are frost and stuff. Okay. So you need to keep them inside for until early June. Okay, Michael, and I think we probably have answered your hosta question there as well already. Do wood lice harm plants? People have lots of them. The poor old wood lice. Yeah, I know, well, look, they look come in for a bad rap. They're like the, the small little grey tanks that, that run around and, and what they effectively do is feed on dead matter. So they're, they're eating the old roots and leaves of plants and turning it into organic matter. Now, if you've got seedlings, say in a greenhouse area, definitely wood lice will attack seedlings. So if you've kind of young plants coming on, they will actually eat the, the stems of those. Okay. So, so in a greenhouse situation, maybe... Mm. Maybe, okay. but if you raise the plants up on a bench or whatever, um, uh, if you need to control them, any of the ant treatments, ant powders will control wood lice. But to be honest, I would never bother treating them. I mean, they're they're, they're uh, they don't do they're not like green fly and, and black fly and they're white not fly. Laying things. Yeah, but they're not also going to do a whole lot of damage. They might eat a few seedlings. They'll eat the weeds in the garden. They'll eat bits of, of leaves and dying, decaying matter. They're they're normally uh, no more than the millipedes that we always get asked about. Yeah, they're better off left alone. Okay, to be honest. So not really is no, the answer. No, so don't be worrying about them. They're not going to damage any of your kind of robust plants uh, or vegetable plants. Or you know, It's only kind of small seedlings in a greenhouse situation that might be of concern. Okay, let's turn to an email with the photograph of it. And this is from Chris Bainbridge. And Chris lives in Hopton Gardens in North Cambridgeshire in England and has uh, come across the gardening show ah, brilliant. whilst listening to the radio That's during COVID-19 lockdown. So good morning, Chris. Uh, and family, dedicated listeners now. Well, that's good to hear. Um, so um, Chris and his wife have moved into a brand new house and uh, the 
developer has turfed their lawn, which was okay. back in December, right? So, uh, but they have noticed that there are some purple coloured patches throughout the lawn. Uh, sent us a photograph wondering what they are. Yeah, so they're the, the flower heads of Poanua, the annual meadow grass. Um, so obviously this some of, of annual meadow grass has seeded into the area or it might have been in the soil even before. So turfing of grass, just to explain it, is, is where you put down the living grass, you the roll-out roll grass, out. as it were, yeah, and, and it starts to root and, and comes on very quickly. You get an instant lawn effectively. But having said that, you'll always get some rogue lawn seed uh, or, or a wild meadow seed seeding into lawn areas. Now, it dislikes regular mowing, so if Chris mows that on a regular basis and it looks like it needs trimming now, so keep it keep it trimmed on a regular basis, you will suppress the the um, poanua, the annual meadow grass, and your your normal grasses will, will start to come on fine. It's also a good time of year to give it a feed as well, give it a little bit of lawn feed. So it's ter- totally natural. Totally <coughs> natural. Okay, we have a photograph of a rhododendron plant. It hasn't flowered. It had buds, but it didn't flower. Oh, I didn't see the picture. How's okay, it looking? it's looking pretty good, actually. Okay. Yeah, Lots of new growth on it. Um, okay. But the flower buds have rotted, obviously, have they? Well, I'm not sure if they've okay. rotted well, or not, but they're I'll not. A, they're, they're, yeah, you can see I'll have a look at it in the break time. Sea but, buds, but, yeah. yeah. but rhododendrons should be in full flower now at the moment. Yeah. They're absolutely stunning <coughs> everywhere. So, obviously, the buds have failed for, for whatever reason. But maybe we take a closer look at the photograph and see can we identify anything oh. on it. It won't flower this year if those buds haven't opened. And um, what you can do is give it a good feed with an ericaceous feed now and build it up for next year. Um, because uh, rhododendrons produce their flower buds a bit like camellias in the autumn so how well they grow during the summer and how well they're watered and fed dictates how well they flower then the following um following spring okay um now a couple of questions in in relation to uh, something that would suppress weeds or grass growing around hedging one for beach hedging and also similar question in relation to stop grass growing around a white thorn hedge well, you can you can use. I mean, there's no specific weed killer that will just kill the grass and, and not affect your your uh, he, your hedging plants. So, my advice really is, if the weeds are light, just use a, a garden hoe or, or use some membrane or some mulches to control the weeds. Um, if it's a very large area and you need to do a, use a, a herbicide or weed killer, then the Weed Free 360 is probably the safest one to use. But do follow the bouquet precautions and make sure it doesn't get on the foliage of your hedging plant. Okay, great. Uh, now, I have a lovely rose bush. Uh, found a lovely rose bush among the briars. Uh, is it okay to take some cuttings? Yeah. Um, I thought I've done everything right. Rooting powder. Oh, um, uh, sorry, but it doesn't seem to have taken I wonder the, how long yeah, the cutting. Yeah, they, they haven't so, so this is an excellent time of year for taking cuttings in general. And and things like geraniums and many of the plants that, that have produced nice soft growth can be taken from cuttings, including roses. So what you need to do is take the cutting about four to six inches long, strip off any leaves from the plant, take off any flower buds as well, dip it into a rooting powder, put it into a, um, um, a kind of a mixture of compost and perlite or per compost and, and, and and gravel, a nice gritty mixture. Put five or six cuttings into a pot, have the compost moist but not too wet, and cover with a polythene bag. And that's important at this time of year because the otherwise the cuttings tend to dry out very quickly. And sit that on a bright windowsill and it should root within three to four weeks for you. So it's an excellent time of year to try. Um, so don't give up, will be my... Okay. Have another go, have another take young cuttings, strip off the leaves, the rooting powder, a nice gritty mixture of compost, five or six cuttings in a standard pot and keep it on your windowsill with a with a white milky bag over the top of it so that light gets in but it's not losing any moisture. 
brilliant. And they'll root for you. My strawberries are showing signs of small fruit. What food will I put on them? Yeah, so just be careful with strawberries. You want you don't overfeed them. So um, use a high potash feed. So something like the Fostinium would be, would be really good or a, a standard tomato feed, to be honest, it would be really, really good. Or Blooming Magic is an excellent liquid fertiliser as well. So a high potassium feed um, feed them once now and maybe again in about two weeks time and that should be enough and if you're, if you're finding excessive leaf growth on them prune out some of the leaf growth actually take away some of the leaves uh, to let the light in at the fruit the developing fruit uh, but strawberries are in full flower at the moment so I'll be feeding mine generally around the end of May I start to feed them and then every two weeks after that with a high potassium feed so tomato feed or blooming magic will be perfect. Uh, now I have begonia bulbs which are just beginning to bud. Each year they produce lots of leaves which I cut otherwise I wouldn't be able to see the blooms. Where am I going wrong and should I split bulbs next year or even now? Yeah, I have them about four years. Yeah, there's no problem uh, actually sp- uh, splitting the bulbs of, of begonias. I would imagine at this stage they're, they're sprouting really well. So all you need to do is with a sharp knife take a piece of stem and a piece of the tuber and repot it into another pot. Again with with begonias if they're overfed you get masses of leaves at the expense of flowers so plants will always flower better if they're under that little bit of stress from um, uh, you know uh, you know not being overwatered or overfed so begonias like they will grow in shade but they flower better in a sunny location so my advice is really to split them pot them up keep them inside for another couple of weeks then plant them out into a relatively sunny location and feed them about every fortnight again with a high potassium feed so a tomato feed uh, so mirror Miracle grow wouldn't be suitable because it tends to be more nitrogen and tends to encourage a lot of leafy growth. So high potassium feeds like uh, tomato feed or the Bloomy Magic and begonias are generally very reliable. Okay, great. I've planted some bedding plants a few weeks ago in window boxes and, and in a big pot. And the big pot is like one of those old skillet type yeah, pots yeah, yeah. that you would have on, you know, the old style yeah, open fireplaces, no, yeah. right? So my window boxes are coming on great and I have six saxifraga plants okay. uh, in this pot planted about five weeks. I've fed them twice and watered them twice a day yeah, but nothing good. seems to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> Would putting a tyre over the pot help? First time gardener okay, here. Okay, so cut back on the watering please. Uh, like twice a day is just way, way too much. And there'll be no drainage in that skillet pot probably. Well, they may have put some, dra- you know, sometimes yeah. the people will drill but if there isn't, well then even that's going to compound the problem. So look at watering, like I said earlier, um, you know, you're better to water the compost well and then leave it for at least a week uh, uh, you know let the compost dry out a little bit because plants if they're constantly wet you the, the roots of the plants actually die away because there's no oxygen and there's no encouragement for the root to penetrate down into the soil and um, so ease back in the watering window boxes once a week is more than enough at this time of year but give them a good heavy soak and then leave them for for at least a week so you're just o- over watering the plants and just going to go back to that rhododendron mm-hmm. plant with uh, we've had a closer look and we brought up we kind of expanded the image so there's no buds on that now there was no flower buds right. on it it's all growth bud but now having said that the plant is absolutely in great condition it's a lovely lovely um, healthy plant it's lots of young growth so there's at least four to six inches of new growth on it so what the listener needs to do now is feed it well with an ericaceous feed right through the summer make sure it doesn't dry out but obviously don't overwater it either and that will set flower buds 
for next year. So the buds that were visible on it early in the spring were actually growth buds. So it's a really, really healthy plant. It's doing really well. So feed it during the summer and you'll have lots of colour this time next year. Now we have a couple of photographs in of a spotted laurel with yeah. a good bit of damage. Um, owner feels it's not the standard frost damage, but we've had a look. Yeah, it's it's frost and, and a bit of wind damage as well early in the year. So spotted laurels are showing typically that type of damage. It'll be perfectly fine. Give it a feed. It'll be... F- it'll be... F- yeah, it'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so now I have a purple lilac bush it's 8 years old previously it grew in the back garden but it didn't really produce any flowers so I transferred it to the front garden where it gets the morning sun I gave it organic manure and it produced one flower but plenty of lush foliage (laughs) where am I going wrong with the lack of flowers Bridie isn't true Bridie isn't going wrong anywhere she did exactly the right thing moving it to to a a more brighter location was was the move because you've used organic manure Bridie you're getting lots of vegetative growth green growth a bit bit like what I was saying about the uh, other plants and about the strawberries so that plant will settle down to flowering so if you give it a potash feed so get yourself a little box of sulphate of potash apply that now and repeat it again in June or July that will settle the lilac down and I guarantee you you'll have more than one flower next okay. year brilliant yeah uh, now my alliums were going great um, but in the sorry in the last in a photograph uh, my alliums were going great but in the last few weeks the edges went yellow and flowers were forming have now dropped is that also frost related? Um, no, because alliums are frost hardy and actually they were on Gardener's Word last night. They were absolutely a picture. Yeah. They're in a pot. Uh, yeah, they, they, well, it, they may have got too dry now. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at them. Yeah. Is there a picture there? There's a picture, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe I'll, I'll have After. a look at it and just and see. Um, but no, the alliums should be, you know, keep them, keep them well watered. Onions like plenty of water. They're in the onion family. They produce like a golf ball purple flower right at the top of the stem. They're absolutely stunning. I always associate them with bloom because they're in flower every time we go to bloom um, and it's such an easy plant to grow and to be honest they're better out in the garden soil than in, in pots, pots yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, might be a pot situation I think it, it could be too confined it may have got too dry yellowing and particularly with the flowers yeah. beginning to fade that sounds like the, the, the leaves are quite yellow on it yeah, all yeah, right yeah. so I would t- transplant them take them out they form a bulb transplant them out into the garden it should give you an opportunity to split them as well and, and place them somewhere in the garden remember they grow roughly about 18 inches in height and they're, they're absolutely lovely planted through hot Hostas. So if you mix them through hostas, they look spectacular. Um, it's a great way of kind of companion planting alliums and hostas together. Now, my Christmas rose had loads has loads of black leaves. Why uh, why would this be? And do I cut them back? Yes. So we I think we covered this a couple of weeks okay. back. So when when Heliboris finishes flowering once it goes out of flowering that's the time to trim it back and you trim it back to soil level Okay. so you get rid of all the old winter because remember the heliborus is flowering through the winter the yeah. leaves are there they're getting bet and battered with hailstones and wind and, and they always pick up markings so during this, the early spring once the heliborus goes out of flower you prune it back you feed it and it produces a whole lush of fabulous new growth on which it's going to flower next winter and every year you just prune it back uh, just after flowering so it's not too late I would remove that that damaged foliage now you'll probably see some young growth right at the base so cut back to there and your heliboris will be a picture again this this coming winter okay brilliant give so, it a feed as so, well and yeah. give it watered okay so yeah. back back to ground level yeah, yeah. Um, I have flowers coming out on my potato stalks approximately how long before I have dinner 
Ah, interesting. <laughs> well, it won't be long, particularly if they're first, they're first, first early varieties like Sharps Express or Home Guard. So generally speaking, when potatoes start to flower, that's a sign that the tubers are ready for picking. Now, you'd normally leave them about two weeks after, but you can always do a test Get out a garden fork, do a little test on one of the, the uh, stalks and see, just gently dig around it and see what size the potatoes are. But normally two weeks after flowering, um, they're ready for harvesting. So maybe give it another two weeks. Like it's early yet for um, for first earlies. Normally it's the first week of June. Uh, but do a test and, and see what you, what you get. I, I would imagine they'll be a bit small yet, so at least another two weeks. Okay. And is it too late to plant potatoes? Not no, if no, you can get you them. G- you can plant potatoes until the ash comes into full leaf, which is normally the first or second week of June. If you can get the tubers, then get them into the soil and they will they will give you a crop. Now, Rena has a broom that has just finished blooming. Should she prune it back? She sure should. <laughs> so get the hedge clippers to it, give it a trim back, not too severely. So remove right back to where the, the old flowers of the broom have faded. And spring flowering plants, those that are just going out of flower, like the winter heathers, like brooms, they should be pruned at this time of year. So as soon as the flowers fade give them a trim back, give them a feed and you build them up for next year and they'll be fabulous. Now I got some mixed tulips at Horkins as it happens la- right. last uh, and sowed them e- even though they were the mini ones, they grew very high oh. they were beautiful <laughs> okay. but flowers are now uh, finishing yeah. yeah. and uh, the pots they're in pots or flower boxes right. and the flower boxes are kind of breaking so they're wondering can they uproot them and yes. sow them somewhere else? 100% so in a great time of year actually to transplant all bulbs, bluebells or daffodils or tulips so lift them now don't don't damage the stems or leaves just transplant them back into somewhere where you want them to flower for next year put down a little bit of fertilizer with them with them because you want to build them up for next year and um yeah they'll they'll, they'll, they'll grow perfectly well and, and flower well for you this or you know april of next next season okay great now, time to transplant them we do have a picture of a laurel hedge which is not the frost related question right. or a, a problem and i'll show that photograph to porig after the program because i just can't uh, show it to him straight Okay. Here at the minute in the in the studio, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, now I sowed uh, scallions. I think yeah, scallions. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- uh, five weeks ago. Great. Uh, but sorry, there's another thing coming in there. Uh, there's no sign of growth yet. Would that be right? Oh well, five weeks. I'd be expecting them to be up at, at this stage. No, it's not too late. To and lettuce. Sorry. And lettuce. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, um, it's it's unusual that they haven't uh, germinated. Five weeks is they, they would be definitely up after three to four weeks. So I would re-sow again. It's not too late. Use a variety called White Lisbon, which is probably one of the hardiest and easiest of all the scallions to grow. Um, remember that, that you know seeds, you do need to water them. Again, watering the soil so the soil is nice and moist around them. And, um, you know, re-sow again. Lettuce seeds, the, the, the slugs or snails may have got that at them as well. So, sow some fresh seed. There are plenty of plants available in garden centres as well. Lettuce plants and onions and leeks and so on. So you could do a bit of both if you want. Um, so, But it's not too late to re-sow. My jasmine was six foot tall. It got cut down by mistake by the decorator. I'm heartbroken. Oh. Will it return? It will reshoot. It will reshoot. So jasmine have this great ability to reshoot from ground level again, a bit like uh, clematis. So don't be worried. Um, just just give it a bit of... Uh, it depends if it's, it's inside or outside, but just give it a little bit, a little bit of liquid feed, and that'll boost it on. But it'll be fine, and it'll put on three or four feet of growth this year. Okay. Uh, mm. Now, what's the best time to transplant hawthorn shrubs? Winter. So anytime, any time. So moon, they won't survive if it's done now. Don't go digging them up now. No, they're in full leaf and they're coming into flower at the moment. So leave it until November. Dig them up at that time of year and transplant them. Okay. Um, can I set poppy forget me nots and pansies and 
Fox Econops. Am I yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing yeah, these yeah. correct. The yeah. uh, seed in the garden at the moment. Oh, you can. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous weather for planting seeds of all, not just uh, not just vegetables and herbs, but all the flowering seeds. Many of the annual plants, if you sow them from seed now, like candy tuft or English marigolds, they will flower this year. So a great time of year for sowing seeds. You can sow them in trays as well if you want and start them off early or put them out directly into the garden soil. Okay, great. Um, now, um, um, we'll get clarification on that five kilometre restriction thing um, for you folks. Um, we might cover that maybe in the news. I planted red robins from root ball recently. I need to cut 12 inches off the top of them so that they'll be in line with the top of my wall. When is the best time to do this? Now, today, get out there and cut them back. And don't be afraid to cut Fortinia red robin back. It actually responds to it really well. So um, give them a good soaking as well if they're newly planted and uh, cut them back don't be afraid to trim them back they'll be perfectly fine and retrim them again maybe in August just give them a light haircut again in August okay great uh, now uh, sorry scrolling down um, so can I take cuttings from a whinbush and set them now <laughs> What's a windbush? <laughs> with great difficulty. With okay. great difficulty. They do root from cuttings. Or, or see, the, that's the yellow. The winds, yeah. yeah. The, gorse, the, the gorse. gorse. Which are fabulous at the moment. The scent of them is absolutely you gorgeous. You want good gloves on you if you're going uh, to you do will, that. You of course. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is that um, somebody... Is that tongue-in-cheek? Yeah, tongue okay, in we'll move on. We'll so move you, on. The, the answer is they can, but they're, they're, they're very thorny. But uh, the best way to, to propagate gorse is from seed. And you'll get lots of little seedlings uh, in around the base of plants that can be lifted and transplanted. Now, Kieran is in Sligo and he sent us in a collection of photographs which you've had a quick chance to look at. Yes. Uh, so he's wondering, he has a patio area, really lovely, well landscaped. Raised kind of bed, uh, Raised yeah. beds, yeah. Exposed. So, has a wall planter done and planted with boxes, lavender and candy tuft. Lovely. Uh, it's been a bit breezy and the flowers have gone from the candy tuft. Is there anything you can do now to help them or is it a case of planting another type of plant? If so, have you any recommendations? And also, have you any advice on the lavender? Does he trim it now? Yeah. Or what does he feed it with? And finally, do boxes need feeding? Yes, they do. So the bo- boxes are the boxwoods, the lovely boxwoods that you can shape. So they should be fed at this time of year. And the other thing to keep out, an eye out for Kieran is that they often get a white aphid at this time of year as the u- new growth comes on the boxwood. So if you see that, do put on something like bug clear on them. But certainly feed them, give them a light trim now. Trim your lavender back as well. Um, the candy tuft that we saw is in flower. That's a perennial plant. And that should be trimmed back now because it'll keep it low and bushy and it will actually flower better for you next year, Kieran, if you give it a light trimming back. The other plants I would plant, particularly because it's exposed, there's a lovely plant in flower at the moment called Seed Trift. And as the name suggests, it grows beside the sea. Seed Thrift. It would be lovely in that raised bed. It produces a nice pink flower, grassy green foliage, and it's brilliant in exposed areas. Other plants like Dianthus would work well. The Campanula Porto would do really well in that raised uh, bed. Or Creeping Phlox would do really well. So there's plenty of plants you could add to it because there's quite a number of gaps still in the raised bed. And I prefer to see plants planted in, in groups of the one colour, kind of three campanula together or three of the, the candy tuft together would be better and would give a more um, kind of a, a broader uh, colour and, and, and spread out and cover the area better. But um, a lovely raised bed. A lovely raised Yeah, it is. Yeah. Really. Stunning. And even to add if maybe a few annual plants like some violas just for our pansies would do really well in exposed areas and, and give you a bit of colour during the summer.
Now, just a couple of uh, texts. Could we reiterate or re-mention some of the plants that we were talking about? So, Report mentioned the name of the vanilla-scented plant and the Campanula is suited for rockery again. Yeah, so I, I mentioned Nemesia vanilla. Nemesia vanilla. It comes in a whole range of different colours, but if you want the scent, vanilla is absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful scent from it. Um, Campanula Porto is this one with the purple foliage. It trails lovely over rockeries and borders and beds. It's in flower at the moment and it comes into flower every year. And again, if you plant it in groups at three, you get that lovely carpet effect. Um, and uh, yes, and to reiterate the name of the geranium. The geranium is the lemon-scented geranium. It's actually called orange fizz, just to confuse everybody, but it smells of lemons. So orange fizz, um, brilliant plant. It's a lovely thing and, and very easy to grow, very easy to propagate. Great for keeping the flies away and lovely in a gin and tauntaun. Okay, <laughs> we might put that to the test maybe later this evening. Uh, I've gotten, I've been given a selection of summer bulbs, but I'm not sure I can plant them now or in autumn. So the bulbs are anemone coronia, carnaria, sorry, I beg your yeah. pardon, iris hollandicia. Yeah. Oh my goodness me. Plant them now. Tritalia Brode Queen Fabiola and Allium Moly Luteum. Yeah, you're doing very well. The Allium is in the <laughs> onion family. So all of all of the above can be planted now. Pretty much all of them are summer flowering. So uh, get them into, you can put them in pots and containers if you want just to get them started and then transplant them out in a month's time or plant them. Everything there is frost hardy so you can plant them out directly into the garden soil. Generally, if you're planting the bulbs, plant them in clusters of threes or fives. So put three or five Alliums together. Same with the iris. Put a couple of them together. Just get that nice clumped effect. I have uh, carpet roses. When will they flower? June, mid-June, July sort of period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it okay to cut back Lalandii hedge now? Yes, give it a trim. My lilies are turning yellow. Why might this be? Well, it can be a number of reasons. It can be lack of water. It can be uh, food if it's not, you know, if they're not being fed. So give them a liquid feed, give them a good soaking and see, does that bring them back bring to them a lovely green colour? Okay. Depends what lilies they are as well. It could be the calla lily, um, which, which like a lot of moisture. Okay, and a couple of questions in. I noticed Porig on lawns a bit shook, you know, that they're not quite because, coming on. Well, that's because it's dry, you and see. bare and areas. Yeah, but you see grass, grass grows in, in four inches of soil. So the first plant to show you symptoms of drought is grass. And, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. The grass has actually stopped growing because the moisture content is so low at the moment. So until we get a shower of rain, well, you're not going to see your grass coming back. So all lawns are showing a little bit of... Uh, you know, they're, they're a bit lethargic and a bit kind of gappy and, and yellow and the grass is just not responding. It's not lush. Okay. Farmers are, are praying for rain okay. at the moment. So until we get a bit of moisture, your, your lawns are going to stay hungry yeah. or stay, stay kind of yellow. And you'll probably notice the grass isn't growing that fast. No, and as soon as the, the rain comes, they'll pop up. It'll be the other extreme. We're probably going to end on this one. Why has my two-year-old laburnum tree come into bud and then stopped, asks Jerry. Well, if it hasn't, Jerry, if it hasn't, uh, if it's not in leaf at the moment, the tree is dead, unfortunately. Now, laburnums have a very poor root structure. So if they get any sort of damage to the root, they're in the pea family. Uh, so if it's not staked properly and the wind is kind of not rocking it around, any damage to the root damages the tree. So uh, if Jerry maybe wants to just send us in a picture for next week and I'll have a look at it, but, but it should be in full leaf. And indeed, it should be in flower at the moment. The flowers are coming on laburnums as we speak. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. So remember, the, the garden centres are officially back on Monday morning, but we will be opening the garden centre today and tomorrow as a soft launch um, to, to just test out our system. So if people are within that five kilometre area. Yeah, within in. the five kilometres, there's a few questions yeah. on that. So, you know, we're talking about the wider rules here as well. Yeah, absolutely.
absolutely so it's within the five kilometer area that people yeah. come and visit us yeah. yeah okay brilliant okay well the very best of luck and to everybody at Horkins looking good on you yeah yeah really and I'm sure it's going to be a busy week Great we look to forward back. to chatting again next Saturday thanks indeed for all your questions apologies if we didn't get to them but uh, there was a, an enormous volume yet again we tried to cover them uh, collectively as best we could do stand by Michael Neary is coming your way next here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning the very best in country right through until one o'clock this afternoon and local news on the way also in a few moments time from me Deirdre Kelly for the moment good morning to you